go ahead and get into it today. I really didn't want a video or anything to come up. Man, the, the Spirit of the Living God is thick in this room. Y'all ain't even hearing me. I said the Spirit of the Living God is thick in this room today, isn't He? I tell you what, God is good, and uh, this, this scripture, man, I just want to be led by the Lord today. Is that okay? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'll be honest, when I was sitting there and, and just feeling the Spirit of God in this room, it ties into what I have to say today, but I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Watching in by video today, we want to welcome you. Uh, the Compassion Dixon, God bless you. Can we give all of our online folk a good hand clap? Thank you so much for being with us. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I got a few people that got excited in this place, you know? But you shall receive, listen, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Can I, can I just talk with you today? I was on a, yeah, thank you, because if you said no, I was going to talk anyway, right? <laughs> I was traveling this week a little bit and was in another um, state with uh, several more pastors and just talking about the future and what God is doing. and. You know, on the way back, I was on a plane, and God spoke to me, and He said this, Keep it simple. Keep it simple. So many times I believe that we make the gospel complicated. Are y'all with me? We make the gospel complicated from time to time. We got to keep it simple. And when I heard that, I already knew what I was going to be preaching today. And I'm still going to preach that. Sometimes when God says that, I'm like, oh, no, God, you're fixing to drop something else. Everything that I've planned for is fixing to go out the window. God didn't do that to me this week. He said, go back through. And he made me read the text that I'm going to be reading today in about seven or eight different translations. And every translation, I got something different out of the text. Hey, Jay, i just not seen you. God bless you. All the way from South Carolina. God bless you. We got South Carolina in the room. Jay and Jessica, I'm sorry. God, this is an interruption. All right? This is a broadcast interruption. Just hold on a second. These guys are great friends of mine. They're from uh, Lake City, South Carolina. Is that where you're living now? Jay and Jessica used to be the children's uh, pastors here at Compassion Dixon. They're in town visiting. Can you give it up for them one more time? Thank you for being here. Also... Right over here, we've got a whole team from Compassion Church, Wichita Falls, Texas, that are here with us this morning. Y'all stand up. Let everybody see you just real quick. I'm going to embarrass you. Y'all stand up too. Most people didn't see you. Come on, stand up. These are our guests. We just want to welcome our guests today. So sit down. You're taking too much time out of my service. we got to keep it simple. When I read this text, I thought the gospel is so simple. And today, I want to just title this sermon, The Power of You. The Power of You. And most of us will read texts like Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and we'll go to it and we'll say, you know what, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And we stop. Because that is the text that makes me feel good. That's the text that empowers me. That's the text where Jesus said, you know, I'm going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. 
But it's the B part of that verse that I want to talk to you about today. You want to know why you receive power? You don't receive the power of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit and God's Spirit in your life so that you can sit in a chair. So that you can just come to church. So that you can, and, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but so that you can just get fat spiritually. Oh, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to lock myself in a closet and read the Bible for the rest of my life and I'm going to get spiritually fat and not feed anybody. One reason I believe that we're having a move of God in this specific church and in John's church, Pastor John and all the other churches, I believe the reason that we're doing that is because we're putting the Word of God into practice. We're applying the B part of this verse. And listen to what it says. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and here's why. Here's why you've received the power. And you shall be witnesses to me. You want to know why the power of God is in you? You know the power of you? The power of you is to be witnesses to them. When I say them, I'm talking about the people that are not even in this room. I want you to look at the empty chair in front of you, beside you, in, wherever it's at in the room. That's your power to fill that seat. See, nobody's shouting now. Come on, where'd your shout go? Did y'all not forget that you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you? Why? To be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, Jesus said, this spirit that I'm bringing down, this spirit that I'm putting on the inside of you, and I'm a personal believer, that when you say that you believe in Christ, when you say you believe that He died on a cross and rose from the dead, and you accept Him into your life, the Holy Spirit enters you. The Holy Spirit begins to empower you. The Holy Spirit begins to tell you the things that you need to say. We just have to begin to say them. Am I making any sense? Let's keep it simple today. Father, help me as I preach your word. I can't do this without you. I need you. I need your precious Holy Spirit, the one that we're talking about today that empowers us. God, we give you praise for what you're going to do in this room. I can't do this without you. I need you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Stay with me today. Go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. If you've got your Bible, smartphone, whatever it is. If you're a slacker and you left that at home, we've got a scream for you. See, all of you left it at home and you're like, he just called me a slacker. Right? Mark chapter 2, listen to me. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and listen to this, and it was heard that he was in the house. It was heard that Jesus had entered the house. Verse 2, immediately... Say immediately with me. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And here's what Jesus did as it was heard that he was in the house and the crowds gathered, he preached the word to them. Let me tell you what Jesus is looking for. Jesus is just looking for some folk that will go tell other people that he is in the house. You know the only thing I don't like about this service today is that there are people that need it that are not in the house right now, but they are going to come because we are empowered to go out and get them and bring them in the house where Jesus is. 
I don't want you to go say, hey, you got to come here, Pastor Jamie. Pastor Jamie's a servant of the Lord Most High. I want you to go and spread abroad that Jesus is in compassion, Dixon. His spirit is alive. His spirit is well. And he is moving in our mix. Come on now. Are y'all with me? Because when it's Jesus, a crowd begins to gather. I believe that's why we've seen the growth of our church, because this is a Jesus movement. This is not a man movement. And when I read scriptures like this, and it talks about the King James, you've got to go back to King James every now and then. It says, it was noised abroad that Jesus was in the house. It was noised abroad. In other words, there was people that had just heard that Jesus was in the city. And when they heard that Jesus was in the city and in the house, they began to tell everybody, hey, you got to meet me over at, over at 3525 Highway 70 West. Jesus is in the house. Hey, you, you've got to meet me over at 3525 Highway 70 West. Why? Because Jesus is in the house. And I'm going to tell you, you have influence. Everybody in this room, you have influence. You have spiritual influence with somebody. Maybe it's one person, maybe it's ten people, maybe it's hundreds of people. But everybody in this room, under the sound of my voice, everybody watching my video, you have influence with someone. What I see right here in Scripture is people who had influence. Why? Because as they began to say and noise abroad that Jesus was in the house, what happened? The house became full. What came first? The spreading of the word that Jesus was in the house or Jesus preaching? The spreading of the word. What we have to do as a church, what we have to do as believers is keep it simple. Your job is to do one thing. It's to witness for Jesus Christ. The number one thing that the enemy will try to do in your life is to shut your mouth. He will get you around people that need Jesus and you will clam up. Anybody ever clammed up around people before? You know <laughs> people raising their hand. You know you should be spreading the gospel to them. You know they need Christ, but you just clam up and you don't know if you got the words. Just open your mouth. God will give you the words. God will give you the words. These people apparently had experienced Jesus or heard who Jesus was or they would have never noised it abroad. They would have never told everybody else. Let me tell you something. Don't be selfish with the Jesus that's on the inside of you. Don't be selfish. Spread him. Why? Because there's people who need to hear the gospel. There are paralytics. There are spiritual paralytics. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there's spiritual diseased people, paralytic People, people who are lame, people who are deaf, people who are blind, who need what you have. And if we don't watch it, we'll allow the enemy to stop us and to hold us back. And we won't do what God has called us to do. Well, what has God called us to do? According to the Scriptures in Acts chapter 1-8, you've, you've received the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness unto Him. You are His witnesses. Are y'all with me today? And let me tell you, there are spiritual paralytics in our lives that will never receive the healing and the touch of God in their lives if you don't get out and tell them. I'm serious. You say, no, 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 we're just going to sit back and we're going to pray them in. The heck with that. I understand you need to pray. Please, get on your face and pray. But faith without works is dead. 
as you're praying for those people, invite those people. Tell those people that Jesus is in the house. Listen, there are people that you love dearly. There are husbands, there are wives, there are sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews. And I could just go through a list of a lot of people. There are a lot of people in our lives like that that would never experience God if you don't open your mouth. If you don't do what God's Word says to do. And I want to tell you, there's power in you. That power is Holy Spirit power. And I'll tell you, it makes a difference. Now, go to Mark chapter 2. Let's read verses 3 and 4. Then they came to Him. I want you to understand, they would have never came to Him if people would have not noised it abroad that Jesus was in the house. This story would have never happened if Jesus would have been there and people would have kept their mouth shut. We wouldn't even be able to uh, experience what we're going to experience today in this living story that we read. Let's go on. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Now, you want to talk about some true friends. Who's your for? Who's your for? Or are you one of four to someone else? Who was part of your four? How did you come to Christ? How are you sitting in this room today? <laughs> are you feeling me? How are you doing that? Here's how you got to where you're at. Somebody told you that Jesus was in the house. And what they did is they, they picked you up and they brought you to church. Or they picked you up and they sat with you at church. Or they got you to a point where they prayed with you. They open their mouth. If you never open your mouth, you'll never see what God really wants to do in your life. You have influence and you can make an impact. Listen, this is true, friend. They brought their sick friend to Jesus. When's the last time you brought a sick friend to Jesus? Think about it. When's the last time you brought a sick friend to Jesus? So you can come to church. Let's please, compassion, let's please never get caught up in the trap where church begins to get very enjoyable and we forget about what church is really about. Because these people were committed. These friends were committed. There's friends that you have that needs a committed friend. And let me tell you something. In this story, there was a point that those people couldn't get in. They couldn't, they couldn't get in. The house was packed. They could have stopped and, and looked back at their buddy. And, and they could have given up. And they could have said, man, we tried. We tried to get you there. But it's too full. And, and maybe next time. And, and we're just going to take you back. And we're going to lay you back in that same sick bed that you've been in for a long time. They could have made many excuses. But they didn't. They took it to a whole nother level. 
How many of you are willing to look past the excuses of why you're not inviting people or why you're not being the witness that God has created you to be? When are we going to look past that and say, hey, you know what? I've got to look past the obstacles. I've got to look past the doubt and the fear and all the other things that are facing me. I've got to look past that. Why? Because I've got the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And I'm a witness. No matter how I feel, that's who I am. Are y'all with me today? There's a point, I'm telling you. They had to make a decision. Are they going to turn around or are they going to press through? There's points in our lives where we have to make decisions. Are we going to turn around and give up on God or are we going to push through? Are we going to keep pushing? They found a way where there seemed to be no way. Sounds like a Jesus thing, doesn't it? They look past the spectators. They look past the haters. They look past all the other people. They look past all of this stuff and they seen a way to get to Jesus. See, sometimes you just got to find a way to get to Jesus. Are y'all with me this morning? You got to find a way to get to Jesus. You got to find a way to get that friend to Jesus. Well, I invited him to church. I invited him to church. I don't know what else to do. Well, if just inviting them to church didn't get them to church, do something else. Get creative. Begin to get on your face and say, God, what can I do to get my husband to sit beside me in church? What can I do to get my wife to attend with me? What can I do to see my son or my daughter delivered from an addiction? What can I do? Listen, let me tell you something. This is something a lot of people don't want to hear, but it's work getting people to Jesus. It's work. It is work getting people to Jesus. It's time. It is energy. It's effort. It don't just happen. So don't quit. Those people right there, they, they, they're carrying. I just always envision because, I mean, I grew up in church, in a little Baptist church, and I remember the Sunday school books. And you, you remember, you see the picture of this story, and there's four guys carrying him on like a little mat, and there's one on each corner of the mat, and they're kind of carrying him. Y'all see that picture? I, can, I, I just vividly see that picture, and I don't see a people that are coming up and going, Oh, man. We can't get in. See, if Jesus was really good, he'd make a way straight through the center so I could just get right to him. you got to have a whatever-it-takes mentality. Let me tell you something. When you have a whatever-it-takes mentality, you get the attention of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to get the attention of Jesus. I, I, I want to I down here on this earth, I want to be able to get the attention of God by doing whatever it takes to see as many people saved, set free, delivered in this city as possible. I want to get the attention of Jesus. And listen to this. Let's keep tracking in the story. Mark 2, 5. When Jesus, listen to this. So they go in, they tear the roof off. I read some commentary this week, and literally they were saying where they were tearing this roof off was possibly a big open area, and the debris could have possibly been falling right where Jesus was at. So Jesus is probably going, 
what the heck are y'all doing? What is going on? He looks up and he says this in verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith. See, faith is something that Jesus sees. It's tangible to Jesus. A lack of faith will make you turn and say that it, the obstacle's too big. But pure faith and faith in Christ will say, okay, that way didn't work, so let me try this way. Okay, that way didn't work either, so let me go around here and try this way until you find a way to Jesus. Listen to what he said. When he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Listen, not just the faith of the man, the faith of the friends. Now hold on. Not just the faith of the man, but the faith of the friends. He said when he saw their faith. Let me tell you what most people believe. Most Christians believe, okay? Most people believe, my faith can't help you. You ever prayed with somebody and, and maybe at the end of the prayer you go, hey man, you know what? You got to make this decision yourself. Now my faith in Christ can't help you. My faith can't help you, so you're going to have to apply your own faith. You're going to have to believe for yourself. That's not true according to the Scripture. That's not true. That's not true. So, honey, keep believing for your husband. Keep believing for your spouse. I'm just saying, you keep believing because God will honor your faith. He will honor your faith. Jesus saw their faith. They believed Jesus, and Jesus rewarded their faith. Now, who are you believing for? Who are you believing for? He goes on and he says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven you. Isn't it amazing that Jesus went to the most important first? He didn't tell him. At this point, when Jesus looked at him, let me tell you, when Jesus looks at you and says, Son, your sins are forgiven, they're forgiven right then. They are forgiven. It's, it's a done deal at that point. Notice this. Jesus knew he needed to be spiritually healed before he ever got physically healed. He had to get spiritually healed before he got physically healed. Jesus didn't say, hey man, go ahead, get, take, get up, take up your bed, and, and just stand there just for a minute. I want you to stand and look at me now. Son, your sins are forgiven. He didn't do that. He looked at him and said, oh, I know what this man needs. He needs an inward working of the Holy Spirit. He needs me to move in his life. He needs the forgiveness of his sins. Isn't that amazing? Jesus forgave his sins. He didn't care about his past. See, a lot of people think that Jesus cares about this stuff. Jesus didn't care about his past. Jesus didn't care about his disability. He didn't care what he had done, where he had came from. Jesus just forgave him. That's it. I wonder how many sick people that we know believe, they're out there and they believe that Jesus probably never could do anything for them because of their past. They, they, they may feel that maybe it's just too far gone for them. Maybe they've lost hope because they don't have a friend telling them that Jesus is in the house. Are y'all with me today? Let's keep it simple. 
Mark 2, let's go to 6 and 7, because any time you start seeing things like this happen, not only in biblical times when Jesus was walking the earth, but you see things like this happen when things happen in our midst, in our present day world. Mark 2, 6 and 7, it's funny. It's hilarious and it gets on my nerves. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They didn't even know who they were in the presence of. Jesus was God incarnate. Jesus was God. Jesus had the authority to forgive the sins. Let me tell you something. Write this down, and it's a cliche thing, but I'm going to say it anyway. Haters are going to hate. Don't make me break into my favorite Taylor Swift song. Don't you do it. No. Do no. it, preacher! <laughs> you have to understand that there will always be people that are against what God is doing in your life. There's always going to be people that will look at you and go, Yeah, I see that you're trying to reach out to Him. There's no hope for Him because He is lost. He's gone. Do you not know that He's in and out of jail? Do you not see that He, he can't even be sober for three days? Do you not understand that you're wasting your time? Haters are going to hate. All I got to do is tell that guy that Jesus is in the house. And if he'll ever get into the house, I promise you what Jesus is going to say. Son, your sins are forgiven you. <laughs> Woo. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Y'all got me happy today. Mark 2, 8. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Have you ever heard you better watch what you say? Around Jesus, you better watch what you think. <laughs> this is a, Write that down. You better just watch what you think. What if your wife could know what you're thinking? Jesus does. Jesus knew what was in their heart. Jesus read their book. Jesus read their mail. I could, I could see some of the religious people, their jaws just dropping when Jesus says, I know what you're perceiving in your heart. What? What? No, no. Hey, not me. Oh, no. No, no. I'm fine. Right? But he corrected them publicly and forgave this man's sin and healed his body. And at this point, when he's correcting him, this guy's still on the mat. He's still laying on the bed that he was dropped in the ceiling of. He's laying on the bed. Now let's go to 11 and 12, and I'm done. I say to you, this is what Jesus says to the man that the people brought. Because if it wasn't for the people, the friends would have never known that Jesus was in the house. If it wasn't for the friends, the man would have never got toted down to where Jesus was. Do you see the simplicity of the gospel? We are to be witnesses because we have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We are to be witnesses. We are to tell people about Jesus. That is simple as it gets. He goes on and he says, immediately... He arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, and this is what I wanted to get to, we never saw anything like this. 
I want to create an environment in God. Not in show, not in lights, not in charisma, not in any of that stuff. I want to create an environment in God that when people come in, they leave going, we have never experienced anything like that before. Are you with me, church? I've never experienced anything. I love it when people come to me and they'll come to the guest tents their first time here and they'll come and they'll go, I still have goosebumps. And I'll just kind of laugh and I'll go, really? And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. When we pulled on the parking lot, something was different. I just felt it. See, I, I, I want to create an experience where people know when they're coming, they're not just coming for great worship, which we have, or great preaching, which we have. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not arrogant, I promise you. I beat myself up every week. But I don't want people to come just because maybe there's a charismatic leader on the stage and you never know what he's going to do. And he, he makes all these different voices all the time and he's jumping around. I don't want people to come for a show. I want people to come for the presence of God. I desire your presence. I desire your presence, God. Pour out your presence on us. Our city needs His presence. They don't need another charismatic movement. They need the deepness of God. They need a move of the Holy Spirit. They need non-judgmental people that will hug them and love on them as they come into the church. They need people that will wrap their arms around them and love them for who they are. And let Jesus worry about forgiving the sins. That's His job. I want that for our church. But what's the key? What's the key to it all? When you, when you wrap this, if I had to wrap this whole story in a nutshell and take the whole witnessing part off and after you get them to the church and, and they're sitting there or getting to anywhere, it could be in your living room where, where Jesus is touching people. It don't matter where you're at. But I boiled it down to two words. Great faith. What does it take? We can all clap, we can all shout, we can all sing to the top of our lungs. What does it take? It takes great faith. It takes a people who are willing and are believing that God is going to do something great. Don't just be a spectator who's clapping at the game. Be a participator who leaves this room today and goes and gets a friend who is sick and brings them back because Jesus is in the house. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Yeah, God's good. Let me pray with you this morning. I always do this at the end of my sermon, whether you're watching online today or whether you're sitting here in this room, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Today's the day. Today's your date with destiny. Today's your date with eternity. Come on. This is not a light moment right now because we're dealing with eternity right now. If you know that you're far away from God, maybe you're one of those friends, maybe you're the paralytic that's on the mat, 
and you're getting carried in and somebody spiritually carried you in today they may not have physically toted you in but if it wasn't for them you wouldn't be here this morning and you know you got to get some things right with God or maybe you're just here and you've been here for a while and you know you need to get some things right with God I want to pray with you if that's you and you need to turn some things over to God would you just lift up your hand anybody in the room yes yes anybody else yes thank you thank you thank you anybody yes right back here I see your hand yes see you you got to give it over to God man there's nothing better than surrendering your life and having the faith of knowing that there was a God who died on a cross who rose on the third day for your sake is there anybody else in this room I want to pray a simple prayer with you if you don't mind pray this prayer mean it with all of your heart if you're at home and you raised maybe you didn't raise your hand by yourself but you're sitting there and your heart's beating a little bit and you're feeling a little different that's the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart it's convicting you pray this prayer with us please say Jesus I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for forgiveness of my sin I believe that you died on a cross and rose on the third day for me thank you for saving my life and for becoming my Lord today I commit my all to you in Jesus name amen amen come on give God a big old hand clap come on come on you can do better than that you're praising God that wasn't supposed to happen but it's all good I love you we're gonna go ahead and receive our morning tithes and offerings and uh, I will say we got a little bit to celebrate today because uh, we actually start construction on our new building tomorrow come on <laughs> waited for this day for a long time whether they get in there and start doing a bunch of stuff tomorrow or not I have no idea but they will be on site and they will be starting and I want to thank all the teams that come out in the Hope Center and everybody that came out this week we've been ripping things out that old building like crazy because they are gutting the whole thing the whole inside will come down and uh, I just want to tell you guys something I thank you for being generous thank you so much as a church for your generosity you know, it blows my mind, our tithing offering every week, what we get. Now, in the summer, we've been down a little bit. It usually trends that way every summer, but there's people that are still faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. One of my favorite texts, I want to read you just real quick, and I'll pray when it comes to the offering time in our service, is, is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Listen to what it says. But, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give, listen, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Here at Compassion, there's no pressure to give. But I want you to give what your heart tells you to give. And I want to tell you, if you're like me, sometimes my heart tells me to give things. I'm like, ah! I don't know if I want to do that but I'm going to tell you there's a reward to it to giving tithing sacrificially giving let's go on to the next verse because this is the cool one 
And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Let me tell you something. When your heart's right at this time of our service, if your heart's right, you better watch it. Because a good, abundant life is headed your direction. According to Scripture. So as you give today, give what God has purposed in your heart. Don't give out of a, a grudge, a necessity, well, I have to do this. It's, there's not a blessing in that. Your pastor wants to see you blessed. Amen? If you're a first-time guest with us today, please, uh, I don't want you to feel obligated to give anything during this time of the service. If you feel led to do so, please do it. But if not, I don't want you to feel obligated to give anything. You should have got a little orange card when you came in. If you could just fill that out for us and put that in the offering bucket as it passes you by, that will be plenty. Also, at the end of the service, we got two guest tents on the each side of the sanctuary. Please stop by one of those tents and get a free gift. Amen? If you would, bow your head, and I'll pray over the offering. Father, thank you again for another great day, another great service. These people are fired up today, God. Not only are they fired up in their praise and in the Word, but God, people are fired up today to give. They're excited. They're passionate. Thank you for a church like this, God. This is a dream. I give you praise for the blessing that you're pouring out on our people. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name, amen.